his time has come. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. Welcome, Craig. Hello, Luke. Also joining us, returning to the podcast because he likes to drop by from time to time, Dwayne, aka the Mage of Death on Twitter and Twitch. Welcome, Dwayne. Thank you, Luke. Thank you, Craig, for having me on again. I was watching your streaming the other evening, and you weren't having the best of luck. Sometimes when I get home from <laughs> sometimes when I get home from work on a Friday night, I like to log in, and as well, I'm getting things done. I'm relaxing on the, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch Dwayne's Twitch stream. I logged in, and it was not going that well. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes that happens when you're when when you're playing a a, a card game. It's Sometimes you just don't draw what you need to draw. The new expansion for Hearthstone is Ungoro Crater, correct? Journey to Ungoro, yes. Are you looking forward to it? I watched the clip, uh, like the uh, preview it, clip, it, and it, it was a lot of fun. It, it was. It, it's definitely dinosaurs. If you like Jurassic Park and you like collectible card games, I think you're going to really enjoy it. And they're adding some new mechanics, um, quest cards. It's going to be... A lot of fun when it launches next month. Craig, I know having played World of Warcraft with you for a number of years, if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Ungoro Crater is one of your favorite places in WoW, is it not? Well, particularly when I'm a hunter or a <laughs> miner. I just love Ungoro Crater for hunting and mining and the dinosaurs, yes. It has always been one of my favorite places uh, to go, particularly for collecting and and there's some of the quests are just as, as fun as can be. So yeah. The, so my giant... question is this, Craig: Is an Angoro journey to Angoro Crater in Hearthstone enough for you to play Hearthstone? I played Magic: The Gathering for several years and loved it. And and uh, I can't, I just can't get into Hearthstone because I'm not sitting across from somebody. I'm also a chess player many many years and. It just, uh, I tried Hearthstone, I liked it, but it's just not the same when you're not sitting across from somebody and using all that great psychological. Uh, <laughs> well, but technically, they, they do technically have, you they, are sitting across from somebody. It's just mil uh, thousands of miles of internet cable. They're, they're, I, don't see his, I don't see his face. I just see the cards on the table. Well, see, if, so, you, played with, you, if you played with Dwayne, you could see his Twitch channel. Yes. Well, that's true, well, but. The, the other thing is, I mean, they have they have like what they call firesides where you actually do group up and all go to the same location and then play tournaments or different things like that uh, face to face. One of one the of my... one of the big attractions of BlizzCon actually is the uh, is the inn that they usually have where where you basically anybody can go in there, log on to the, the local area network and then they can challenge people right there. So. I actually like, played one of the developers. It's like it's like reading. There's nothing like a physical book in your hands. That that texture, the feel, the the reading an actual book. I have Amazon uh, Prime. I have Kindle, but it's just not the same as holding oh, a book. So I I I totally I can totally understand. I mean, uh, some of these cards that they that they've made in Hearthstone, I would love to actually have a physical copy of oh, the card. Oh god, yes. Can you uh, imagine and, can you, you know, imagine some if of the they actually did stuff? that? That, you know, some of the card backs that they've created are really cool as well. Same thing. I mean, I see the appeal of of magic and, and that aspect of it, but I also like the aspect of it that no matter where I go, if I have my phone with, I can play. And my collection oh, yeah. is with me at all times. So and here's the, my question. There's less cost involved in, in a little, so. Yeah, a little less cost because there's no trading and, and, and that sort of thing. So, so here's my question then. If they did like a collector, a collector, uh, collect, I cannot talk, a collector's edition of actual cards and charged like 150 bucks 
for a, like a deck for each of these expansions, would you guys buy them? I'm if I had a group to play with or knew a place that I could go to play, I might very well do that. I I I not to play with them, but I I definitely would love to have something like that. They well, at at BlizzCon last year they had when you open the game when you open when you start the game Hearthstone it's got this box this wood box that yes. opens up, and they actually were selling physical replicas of this box. But no cards. But no cards. Oh, what oh good my is God. that? And it was just. It was just a keepsake box that you could that you could put things in, and and it just the detail it looked exactly like the one in the game, and it it was really cool. It was really expensive. It was like 200, 250 bucks, and I so wanted it, but I <laughs> I wasn't able to get yeah, it. But maybe this year, bucks. maybe this yeah. year, Dwayne. Well, just just so you know, when we started playing Magic, it was just the cards. But the cards got so valuable that we started putting plastic sleeves. So you only played Magic with plastic sleeves on your cards. Right. So, so I did I sell don't... one Magic. This is part of the attraction of the actual cards. Is I, I've sold several cards for $150 a piece. So there there is that. So it's really yes. not the texture. It's the fact that you want to resell them. It's the texture. It's the feel. It's the It's the being able to psychologically intimidate your opponent. It's all there. <laughs> okay. Okay. But, but Hearthstone now, is now, okay. I was going to say, we, we, we've we kind of turned the beginning of this into a Hearthstone podcast, so I apologize about oh, that. But no worries. Through. If you want to check out Dwayne uh, on Hearthstone or on Twitch, it's twitch.com slash mageofdeath. What days do you stream, Dwayne? Mondays and Fridays and, and occasionally Wednesdays as well. So best okay. to, to follow me on Twitter or follow me on Twitch. And you'll get notified every time I I, I come on. I think I'm going to call him Twitch from now on. Hey, Twitch. You'd have to call a lot of people Twitch because a lot of people use it. Okay, I know. let's I know. let's talk a little bit about the movie, which is the reason why Dwayne is here. Logan came into theaters two weeks ago. Unfortunately, I had some family stuff come up last week, so I wasn't able. We weren't able to podcast. Uh, Dwayne, what was your quick first impression of Logan? Wow, it was nothing like necessarily what I expected an X-Men movie to ever be. And I mean that in the best possible way. It was story-driven. It was just very well done. I loved all the all the characters seeing seeing Hugh Jackman one more time as Wolverine was amazing. Patrick Stewart as well. And I I the story was well written and it was very well executed and I I think it's probably well it's definitely the best X-Men movie that without I've seen without question without and, question and 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 by far it, it's right up there with uh, you you forget that it's a comic book movie I think and, and it's just the, a really really well done movie and I think it's something that shows that that these these uh comic book movies don't have to be just these constant action popcorn oh my god things are blowing up super cgi created things it can be a very well done story driven movie and still be really really good and, and that's that that's my take on it i i loved the film i really did i've read a lot of comparisons i've heard a lot of comparisons to this being the best comic book movie because it surpasses, like it rises above your general comic book um, cliches since the dark Knight. Craig, you said before the it premiered that you were not looking forward to it. I saw what you tweeted about it, but I have to ask, what is your quick first impression? And, I and, and how, you, it. how did you I... compare it, compare it to rotten tomatoes, which I put, I know you put a lot of score in, or stock in it's 92% with critics and 94% with fans. So what did you think? I think they were, I think they were blinded by something. I think they were on something. I cannot possibly believe that they gave this movie a, uh, the critics particularly gave it 92%. There were, I, I don't know if I'm using this term right because it's a new, a relatively new term for me, but it was full of tropes. 
I, it was it was so that the beginning was so ridiculous. Uh, for example, um, this is spoiler alert, but Logan leaves this woman who's got a child with her at the motel. Well, everyone who's ever watched movies or read books knows that by the time he gets back, the woman's going to be dead and the girl's going to be hiding. I mean, it was so predictable. And then, of course, he sends out this this um, lame albino guy to take an incredibly dangerous character and drop him in the desert. Well, naturally, the guy isn't real. He thinks he's maybe dead, doesn't check, but he got, the guy takes him out into the Caliban. desert. And a, Caliban. And, of course, he's not dead. I'm sorry. Those would, I, would you call those tropes things that happen over and over and over again? And that Logan, who's 100 years old by now, that's an exaggeration, but pretty much, uh, 100 years old now, and who's been a warrior for uh, so many years should have to know better than to send this weak ass guy out in the desert with the with someone he thinks may be dead. I, I couldn't believe that this thing began so stupidly. So, not not to rain on anybody's parade, but the uh, the other half of it is that's the first half. Those things were dumb. <laughs> so, for your first impression, before we dive in to the details, was so so poorly presented so poorly begun that the fact that these old guys you know seeing old creepy looking guys uh hobbling across the desert i'm old and creepy maybe but i don't like i don't like watching myself in the mirror <laughs> creeping through the floor i didn't want to see this I want to see. When's the last time you crept through a desert, Craig? (laughs) I want the popcorn. I want the popcorn movies. I want the excitement and explosions. The one thing that I sticks in my mind is the little girl, who was, that whether it's all CGI or she's actually doing some of those stunts, she was she was terrific. I mean, she, uh, her action, her action was terrific. Her her fighting was terrific. Yeah, that Daphne kind of Keen was amazing in this. Yeah, she film. was. As she X-23 was pretty amazing. And Laura, yes. Yeah, but but other than that, I, it just well, was for, exactly what I expected, and it lived up to every negative possibility I could uh, I could dream for it. So. And my first quick impression is everything that Craig said is wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this film. I thought it was a great culmination of both Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart's arcs in the character. Even though this movie is technically not in continuity with the other X-Men films, if you look at like the very first X-Men film where you have Charles and Logan in it, and you've just followed those characters, to go back to that first X-Men movie and then see this, even though they're not in continuity, for me, seeing, seeing how these two had um, their arc was so satisfying. I loved it for both the characters and the actors. I thought that um, Daphne Keene was amazing. Her action was fantastic. I really hope that they figure out a way to um, bring her into the continuity so that we can have her in future X-Men films. But I enjoyed it. I thought that the, it was gritty. It. I love the Western a- elements where they, like, they yeah. the nods to the Western. And this was a modern day Western in so many ways. And I loved it. Let's dive into the characters. Dwayne, Hugh Jackman as Logan, Wolverine. Logan is dying because he's being poisoned by the um, adamantium. Adamantium. And he's dealing with uh, Charles or Xavier, who has been apparently having seizures and may or may not have wiped out a whole bunch of mutants because of it. What did you think? uh, And there's also been a lot of talk of Patrick, or there's been some talk, I wouldn't say a lot, but there has been multiple mentions of Patrick Stewart possibly um, getting an Oscar nomination for this role. What did you think of them playing their older versions? It it was surreal almost kind of watching, watching these guys again play these roles. I mean, I don't think you can mention Wolverine without me thinking Hugh Jackman ever again. I mean, he is, is like the 10th X-Men film and I, I, he's just so, uh, he's so perfect for this role and, and seeing just, uh, unlike Craig, seeing an old version of him, one that's been beaten down, wore down from all the, all the fighting and all the things that he's had to do and just seeing just this like kind of 
almost like a shadow of himself, I think was, I, I, I mean, probably one of Hugh Jackman's better performances, if not his best performance. I haven't seen all his movies or anything, but he, he did. Was, he, he was did good such... in Le Miserable. Okay, so he was he was just really he really conveyed on the screen that he was this dying man that that he had been through so much and that he was going that he was he was physically emotionally just spent and dealing being kind of the caretaker for for professor Xavier as well and just kind of trying to get by and he's drinking a lot and it's just it, it it was it was amazing to see you know you were you were mentioning a moment ago Luke about seeing them from the very first movie to seeing him now and just thinking about that a little bit. I, it's been a, quite a while since I seen the very first X-Men movie, but it was, it was really well done. And I thought the interactions specifically between uh, Stuart and Jackman were, were amazing when the they were on the screen together. Was yeah. It, yeah. The, you know, the, you, you disappoint me and different things like that. Right. Right. Very early on. And, He's like, oh, you know, you don't mean that or you don't know what you're saying and all this. And right at the very beginning, it was just it was just really, really well, well done. I I did think immediately of Westerns and uh, a friend of mine mentioned the movie Unforgiven. I think about that as being a really interesting kind of parallel almost. And just th those two, those two together, I thought worked really well throughout the entire film. And, and and like you you did say there was there was definitely some hints and I definitely think there is some thing that happened with Xavier and and he being the reason there's there, we're we're told basically there's like almost no mutants left and they're and there's all no kind new of underground. Being, there's no new ones being created other than we find out in this lab. Yes, except well, even the Craig existing ones are kind of dying kind of, out. Yeah, except. There, there's a hint that there are no new ones being created. That's they're just, but it may be that no one wants to recognize that there are. That's well, the hint but, that I got from this movie. But the thing yeah. is, is if you go well, back, uh, just to clarify though on that with Xavier, since the first movie, he has always been able to identify when new mutants come about. And yeah, so, like what he, when he says there aren't any new mutants, it's based on the fact that he was wasn't able to identify them. Now, I don't know exactly how that plays into these genetically engineered mutants, which the children are in this film, but yeah. he, but he's like, he basically let it be known that there was no organically done new ones for how many ever years. Craig, what did you think well, of Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman? Well, I've always liked their dynamic. I, you know, I've, um, I, but as I said, I don't really like seeing, Patrick Stewart or Dr. Professor X, who I've grown up, who I grew up with, basically, uh, being a demented old uh, Phoebe or feeble person. I just um, that's the thing that came to mind. He's just he's you know barely can move. It's like when Chris the third the third of the uh, Batman movies where Christian Bale is is hobbling around and trying to fight Bale, and yes, and he basically is an old man who can't hardly move. Didn't like seeing that, obviously. Um, it just, but getting past know, the age, what did you think of the performances? The performance, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I don't like the way, I don't like the fact that they ended up with, with a, with an African-American family, knowing that, that they were putting them in extreme danger. And so I can't get away from all these, these stupid ideas of, of these heroes putting other people in, in in danger, though that was my favorite part of the father son and, dynamic was in the home with the with the black family when they're when they're he's taking care of him, carries Professor X up the stairs. That's it's really good and powerful and emotional. But I couldn't get over the fact that that they were like not thinking about the fact that. The people that are around them, and they, of course, the black family ends up being killed and horribly. We're going to get to that because that was the one trope that I did have an issue with in the film. But before yeah. we get to before we get to that, let's finish up on Charles and Logan. Then I'm going to go but, to uh, X23. Let me finish. Let me finish my point though. I don't. 
this is not the movie that Dark Knight was. I gave the I gave Dark Knight a five. I give this movie about a uh, well. Well, you're really jumping ahead of the podcast now, Craig. <laughs> We've got a whole discussion to get through before we start giving ratings. So just hold okay. tight. Uh, Dwayne, one of the fantastic things about Daphne Keene as Laura or X-23 was the fact that she spent the good majority of the film silent. And in that role, she conveyed more in her silence, whether it be through combat or eating cereal or just taking his hand or whatever the case may be. It, it, that performance, like thinking about it now, I've got chills because she was so good at it. What did you think of how they um, introduced that character? What did you think of Keen's acting? And would you like to see her again? I definitely would like to see her again, whether it be in an, another X-Men movie down the road or something else. She she did a fantastic job with this character. As you, as you said, stated, she didn't say anything for most of the movie. And um, I mean, she just conveyed what needed to be conveyed non-verbally and, and did so in a way that you, you felt for her and, or at least I felt for her. uh, And, and you, you know, you see Logan being reluctant to help when, when being asked repeatedly and even though it's his daughter, it, well, he doesn't. He doesn't initially accept get it, that, but, but, but yeah, Xavier uh, but, tells mean, it, him it, it's your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> well, and yeah, I, I guess we, yeah, we think that it's because took took some of his his uh, you know DNA. DNA and some of that kind of stuff and and created her and then put the adamantite blades in her just like they did him and all this sort of thing. So. Yeah, he he doesn't realize that until the one one of the scenes that that uh, precipitated one of the things Craig hates, but it uh, <laughs> it, it it is really it, it it was so interesting because I I was not expecting that that would be such an interesting part of the film, but she just very was very engaging, very um, mesmerizing when she was on the on the screen and and. It was, it was, she just did a fantastic job. Craig, you mentioned earlier uh, Gabriella, which was Laura's mother. Um, when I right. saw her on screen, I did a little, like, in my mind, a fist pump because the actress who plays her, um, Elizabeth Rodriguez, was once on All My Children. So shout out to the DC listeners who might be tuning in. She was Carmen on All My Children for a couple of years before going on to other projects. What did you think of Laura and the powerful emotion she conveyed conveyed without uttering a word. Well, my my favorite comparison of the, that 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 actress and that role, I, I compare it to Eleven, Millie Bobby Brown in Stranger Things. Good, I was yeah, good comparison. I was absolutely captivated by Eleven. I'm Laura is is right there. I'm just in my head. I just for the very she had that. I don't know if you guys know there's a concept of a feral child where where a child is raised without any any contact with other people and no no love, no kindness, no 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 um hugging and kissing and whatever that parents should do. Um and that's that's the sense you get that she is a feral child. She really has there's also something called failure to thrive um which is if you don't show children kindness and care and love that they end up being um, stunted and and unable to to emote and and to relate to other people, and I got that whole sense from her during the first part of that movie that this is a a feral child who really has never been shown any love until a little bit um, later when the when the when the adults kind of t- stole her away from her the lab. But um, she was intense. She was animalistic. She was feral. She was she was. Her not speaking at all in those looks and that and that distrust that she was able to show without ever saying a word, without ever yelling, without ever screaming at anybody, just and those that yell that she has uh, and the attack attacks that she made were just that's the one thing about the film that really, really excites me and got me going was that that she was so good in it. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the Munson family, the black family in the film. 
This was the one part of the film where I was taken out of it because the moment that I saw the black family on the side of the road who had the horses get out because these driverless semis were uh, were basically um, going to run down the horses because there was almost an accident. The, the horses got out of the um, horse trailer. I was like, they are dead. And yeah. then within the next 15 minutes, they were all slaughtered, literally mm -hmm. slaughtered. And I'm like, so you bring there's there's almost no diversity in this film, and then the the little bit of diversity that you do have, you just slaughter the shit out of them. We have obviously um, Elizabeth Rodriguez, but she was like killed, and then we have the black people killed, and I'm like, hmm. So I was a little <laughs> bit I was a little bit disappointed in the film for that. That being said, those three characters, the Munson family, as Craig mentioned those scenes provided an opportunity for us to see Logan and Xavier in the father-son dynamic and Logan carrying him, uh, Charles up those stairs was a very poignant moment. And then right before Xavier's killed, Xavier's sort of talking to what he believes to be Logan like he would a son. And so that those whole scenes, and then you have the fact that the... Um, Nate, the 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 young son of the couple, he was nice to Laura and let her listen to music. There were a lot of wonderful moments in it. I just was disappointed that not even one of them could survive. That for me was the <laughs> biggest trope that I was disappointed in the film. Did were you thrown out of it the same way I was, Dwayne, or did was it something that didn't really notice? I I I, I guess I. Like you, when they invite, uh, you know, Logan and Xavier and Laura to to come to come back to their place for dinner, it's like, oh, that's a bad idea. Don't don't do that, and and because it's 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 going to be bad news for that for that family, and and yeah, I it, I, I guess I didn't necessarily think about it too much that the the racial element of of that particular family, I, I liked seeing Eric LaSalle for the first time in quite a while, you know, from ER, he was the, he was the dad there. And I was just like, Oh no, not Eric LaSalle. He's not going to die. And, and then I'm like, Oh, maybe he's not. And then all of a sudden, yeah, there they are right at his door and everybody's getting hacked and slashed. But I, I, I don't think it, I think from a story standpoint, it really didn't matter that they were that they were black or they could have been white just as easily. And then I don't know if anybody would have necessarily been saying anything beyond the fact that there just wasn't much diversity in the film. I mean, there was some diversity in the kids we see at the very end of the movie a little bit. But 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 I, I, I guess I wasn't taken out of the movie by by the the racial element there with with regards to the family i thought the the scenes when when charles throughout the first half of the movie was saying you know you you don't have to be alone you can be with other people you should have a family you should find a way and, and actually seeing that dynamic with this family you know and then him talking them talking there at the end right uh right when he's putting him to bed and and that sort of thing it just it was it was it was you knew bad things were going to happen to the family and it just, it, it didn't matter to me what race they were. And, and sure enough, we're, we're, we're proven right by that though. I will say this, it was really cool to see that the initial attack on, on the dad, on Eric LaSalle's character, he, he is able to uh, survive it long enough to get in the pickup truck and actually help save Logan from the X-24 that had come and had killed Xavier and was trying to take Laura back. Craig, what did you think? Because well, this, you know, was, this was the moment for me where it's tropes. Yes. Well, like I said, the first two tropes threw me out of the film already because those they're obvious. It's going to happen. You know it. Uh, this was another predictable, 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 little predictable moment. In fact, this whole movie I could have predicted how this was going to go before the movie even started. Nothing surprised me in this movie except the little girl's performance. Everything else was like, well, it's going to happen. I know that's going to happen. I know um, I, I wasn't 
absolutely positive that Patrick Stewart was going to die, but I was pretty certain. So this, this when, when again, it felt, it felt like to me, it feels like they were throwing a black family in for diversity's sake, which seems, it always seems artificial and contrived. And this seemed just that a, 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 a black rancher family at some in, introduced somehow would have been fine, but just so that they could be killed. It, it, and as soon as you see them, you know, well, they're, they're dead, you know, they're gone They're uh, But everything else about this film, that's why I can't understand the critics raving about this, giving it such high scores. So, because it's predictable, every single moment of this film was pretty much exactly what I expected. And so it, it just, even that, even X twenty four killing Xavier, you ex- knew that because let's talk about that for a second. One of the great things about this film is that he had it to. Was, well, it had to happen, Luke. It I, had to happen. I understand. It, in that, order but for did you expect it at first to be that it was going to be a Wolverine clone that was going to be the one who offed him. Well, that was the one thing they didn't put in the preview. I didn't know that it. I did not know. It was going to be a Wolverine clone, but I, there was going to be a Wolverine clone in the movie. I don't remember any hint to that. But as soon as I saw him, I said, well, there's that. Which, uh, he's going to be. So it, that, yeah, as soon as I saw the Wolverine clone, I said, there goes Patrick Stewart. There, there goes uh, Professor X. He's going to be dead. I mean, uh, yes, that as soon as I saw him, I knew even the fights I knew were going to be like that. And I knew I've watched Terminator. I've watched the entire Terminator series. I knew what, what X-24 was going to be as soon as I saw him. It was just going to be another Terminator. You can hit him with a truck. You could drop something on top of him. And, of course, he's going to be able to is, uh, escape. So, yeah, I pretty much kind of expected all that. Sorry. It's, Dwayne, it's, it's, how can it's, you see it, a Terminator the, movie and not know that's going to happen? The I, I will definitely, Craig, agree with you. The, the, the whole purpose of that family was to to kind of – solidify the comments that Xavier was making to Logan through the entire first half of the movie. And it was predictable to anyone that sees the movie that, that, that family's probably going to die and it probably going to die gruesomely given how we've the, the violence that we had seen up until that point. But I don't think that, that, that diminishes the, the fact that, that those scenes are, are, are well done or that, that they, that they shouldn't have been in there in the first place. It just, I, I don't know. I, I think that just because something is predictable from, you know, foreshadowing that, that it that it can't be can't be good, I guess. Or, oh, you or, can you can put lipstick on a pig and have a really attractive pig, but it's still a pig. <laughs> okay, yeah, I agree. With, I agree with your point. <laughs> let's talk about another element of the this uh, film, which is the R rating. Uh, Wolverine is a character that is hugely graphic in terms of the violence um you you can see it in the comics but in a lot of times in order to make it more family friendly in the previous films they have not emphasized that and so that they could get the pg-13 rating in this film we got to see every single bit of the stabbing slicing beheading blah 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 for my, for me, who doesn't like to see a lot of stabbing, even though I love the Wolverine character, I, I was doing a lot of cringing as I was watching the movie. Uh, Dwayne, what'd you think of h- how they brought the graphicness of Wolverine killing to the screen? Oh, it, it well, it, it makes me wonder how we went through all these other Wolverine movies without it being quite as graphic. You know, you know what I mean? Obviously yeah. it's because they toned it down or they didn't show things, but there was there was a grittiness. There was the old western feel where it was it was painful to see some of the things that were that that he was doing to those people with those blades. It was uh it it was very cringe uh, like I I have a little bit of a weak stomach when it comes to 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 movie violence a little bit and and so some of that stuff when when they're when they're in the uh, Harris Casino and everyone's kind of frozen because of one of Pat, uh, one of Xavier's uh, seizures, so they're all kind of frozen. They can't move, and and Wolverine's going through and killing all these guys to help save him. It's it's terrible. It, it's graphic to watch. Just watching 
these these big steel blades going through people's heads and and that sort of thing. It, it was it was, I you know not when when, it, when I say it, it's definitely not like any other X Men. That's one of the things about this movie. And and I I don't I don't know that I needed to see that, but I I definitely feel like it. It gave it a different feel. It gave gave the Gravitas, the movie a maybe? more uh, gave it a more adult feel. Gave it more more of a I don't know. It, Deadpool it just, feel. Well, yeah, the thing it, about the thing about Deadpool, and I was just going to bring that up, is it has also extreme violence that you see. Yes. But they did it through humor. It was graphic, but it was often in a very humorous backdrop or setting. Craig, what did yeah. you think of? the graphic violence in this. Well, I'll, I'll compare it to two of my favorite movies in the last 12 months, Deadpool and John Wick 2. These are both incredibly good movies, lots of fun. And so, and by the way, I had the perfect father who always explained, you know, all, always explained the violence. He loved horror movies and took my brother and I to see all of them. So, I, you know, I'm a little immune to this kind of uh, violence, but uh, so I see that when I see blood flying, I know it's, it's Carol syrup with red coloring or whatever they use, but uh, but so I'm immune it's to that. It's real but. blood, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't him. It wasn't Wolverine that that made any made any difference to me. It was the little girl and her violence. They have a girl that what is she, 12, 13 years old, who's slicing people up like like uh, like Gordon Ramsay in a, in a, in a, in a <laughs> <laughs> in the kitchen. I mean, she is slicing and dicing these these adults up. So it it feels it feels a little bit like uh, the old the old Exorcist movie and Linda was a Linda Pearl, right? In the, the Exorcist, um, they put a little girl in this situation where she's doing all this and watching this little girl who's been horribly. If you I don't know if you guys even considered this, she's been horribly abused as a child. A child. I mean, she suffered incredible child abuse, as the other uh, young mutants have, and she's the one that's getting all this. And watching her commit all that violence is is totally different than watching mm-hmm. Wolverine do it. So, her committing these acts of acts of extreme horror and blood, uh, cutting off heads and arms and and slicing and dicing these people up. That's the thing that really got to me. Not not so much Wolverine. I kind of expect him to do that. And by the way, he was the character that was introduced in the old days of comic books. So to, to deliberately kill people as opposed to all the others trying to avoid it. So, But yeah, her doing it was Laura killing people. That was a little bit disturbing for me, but not, not him. It's, you know, it's his job. Before we get to our ratings, I just want to go over favorite moments of, of the film. Uh, we've already touched on Logan carrying Xavier up the stairs, which was a wonderful moment. Another moment that I really enjoyed was when um, she took him by the hand. I loved Logan beating the crap out of that vehicle. That was a fantastic moment, just for like the pure frustration, because you have those days when mm-hmm. everything in your life is going wrong and you just want to beat the crap out of something and or someone or someone um and you get the opportunity to do so that was a very good one uh another and i'll i'll borrow this from a friend i was talking to about it they said for them that they were watching the film and they were enjoying the film but it didn't quite feel like x-men until the cross was turned Xavier's cross was turned Mm. into an X and I thought about that and for me I hadn't personally had like it I enjoyed it I wasn't going into it looking at it as an X-Men film because I knew from the outgo or the outset that it was not in continuity and this was a story about the two three characters so I wasn't looking at it as like a big group X-Men thing but turning that into an X was like the perfect cap on this film and also gave a nod to what the legacy that it is basically wrapping up for these two characters. So I really appreciated that moment. Craig, what were your favorite moments? I, I did like the, I did like turning the X. I liked, I oddly, and I liked the moment when, uh, when, uh, when they ended up in the, the tower before they get to, um, Oh, and they're shaving the beard. 
Yeah, they're shaving. Or the not beard. like trimming the beard. Trimming the beard. I really liked that a lot. Uh, I liked them. I liked the moments when they when they brought in the the Wolverine comic books. I have a couple of those comic books. So uh, I like those moments. Those moments where they linked it up to to what I grew up with as far as uh, though though uh, you may not own those because if I'm not mistaken those are all actually fake covers because they uh, could, yeah. they couldn't yeah, actually the, allude to, they couldn't actually do the real ones for copyright reasons I, I meant I own some of the old Wolverine comics oh, okay. not those specific ones yes I don't mean I own those specific ones but I own some of the old Wolverine comics and I, um and I but you're right I in order to get through this movie at all or to even enjoy it a bit I, I imagined it was in, on Earth 2 from the DC world, right? I didn't imagine that this could ever happen in the world that we're familiar with uh, because there's just there are just too many really smart people that 30 years in the future, this is like 30 years in the future. Yeah, it's 2029, that, I believe. Oh, yeah, so, or, okay, 13, whatever it is, that, that they couldn't treat these people a little bit better, that there weren't some way, some futuristic way of treating these people so they didn't end up meaning uh, Patrick Stewart and the albino character and Wolverine that their lives couldn't have been a little better than what they were. And I didn't see, I didn't see much in the way of technology except for the uh, replaced arms on a couple of the, the evil bad characters. So I, I wasn't in the future the way it should be. So, uh, but okay. having said that. Dwayne, so. um, another favorite moment for me was when Caliban like set off the grenade in there because he basically sacrificed mm -hmm. himself for them. Did you have any favorite moments from the film? I think this speaks to how great a character that Laura character was. That one of my favorite moments in the film is actually her at the convenience store starting to eat food out of the out of the cooler and okay and she yep. al she, she almost kills the the guy that tells her she's got to pay for it and if i'm not mistaken and, he's i'm pretty sure know. he plays quicksilver that could be i just i i liked that i liked the kind of the family dynamic when they get to the the casino and she wants to like get some new clothes and so she's staring at the mannequin right and then they go and end up buying a whole bunch of replacement clothes and stuff. I thought that I thought that those were were really good and and uh, you know the obviously the 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 final the final kind of action sequence at the very end w w was was quite well done as well. I mean it 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 proved to be a a great a great finale to the to the film in in my opinion let's give it our scores craig since i have a feeling yours is going to be the lowest we'll start with you <laughs> out of 5 stars <laughs> what do you think or what do you give it well i didn't i didn't really hate it um i just didn't like it <laughs> because of the things i've mentioned um my favorite comic book, non-comic book, comic book movie, of course, is Dark Knight. And I gave that a five. This one, I figure, had so many flaws. Uh, I mean, I'm going to give it a three and a half. I didn't. Well, that's get, still better. Get, that's still better than Suicide Squad, Batman versus Superman and a couple others. Oh, yeah. It's it's better than that because of her and a few. And the poor performances were OK. Again, unlike Dwayne, I didn't particularly like the writing or the, the plot, I thought those were kind of contrived, and, and throwing in the black family, I thought, was for, uh, for the wrong reasons, and a few things like that. This seemed like a, a constructed movie instead of an organic, uh, organic film, so to speak. So, like I said, three and a half will do it. Melody wanted to be here, but she had some people who came um, into town unexpectedly. So she goes, can you mention how good Logan was for me? Saw it yesterday and it was fantastic. It ranks right up there with X2. She gave it four and a half out of five stars. Dwayne, what do you give it? I'm probably four and a half as well. I'm as shocked about how much I like this film as I was about about the the last Star Trek movie. Because, you know, see, though I didn't have my expectations lowered for this movie by the, a trailer before the movie even came out. This was just from the moment it started all the way till the end. It worked for me. And, and I, I definitely I can understand where Craig's coming from. I get I get that 
things were predictable about this film. You know, he's reluctant. He doesn't want to help. He, he at the last minute decides to help and people die around him. Like, you know, is obvious, but it's still, it just, it was a, a really good movie and not just a really good comic book movie. It just, to me felt like a really good movie and, and a very fitting tribute to probably my two favorite x-men characters from the entire series i i've been a huge i i am a huge professor xavier fan and a huge wolverine fan and i thought they were both uh treated really well in this in this final film i really I, liked it i agree with what you're saying i'm also giving it a four and a half out of five this was fantastic i loved it the, I loved the father-son dynamic. I love the the character of Laura. I want to see more. It made it feel like a modern-day Western for me, and I enjoy Westerns, and I love how they did it. So for me, it's also four and a half out of five. Uh, we have to wrap the podcast up, but I want to talk about two things really fast. At the beginning of the Logan movie, there was a Deadpool teaser. What did you guys think of that? Craig, real quick. You know I love Deadpool. I can't wait. The sad thing is I... After the Logan, I don't know if, if uh, Wolverine can ever show up on, on Deadpool. But yes, I'm ready for Deadpool. Consider, considering Deadpool is an incontinuity and Logan is an incontinuity, I'm sure it could if they could convince Hugh Jackman to come back. Dwayne, what did you think of the Deadpool teaser? It, it matched the matched the entire first movie to a T. The 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 poking fun, the humor, <laughs> the you know Ryan Reynolds butt, everything about it was just fantastic. I knew you'd like it, Ryan Reynolds butt, Dwayne. I, that's by for the way, me. That's for me, like, not Dwayne. <laughs> well, you do. I do in your asses. So my question to you guys is: Was so uh, the, the basically there's a guy being held up in an alley and he goes into a phone booth to change like he's Superman and they've got like Superman music playing and he comes out and the guy's already dead. Was the guy that was being held up, it sounded like it was Stan Lee to me, but yet the guy that we see that got killed because he got, because uh, Deadpool took too long to get ready was not Stan Lee, but no. it, the voice sounded to me. Do you guys happen to know if that was Stan Lee or not? I don't know, but there are a couple times that he I makes hear a Stan cameo. He makes a he cameo. Ma he makes in cameos it. in all the movies, he, so that's yeah, why he I was make, thinking he maybe makes he could a cameo in it because there's a headline from Screen Rant that says Stan Lee thanks Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool two uh, teaser cameo. There you go. <laughs> okay. So there we go. I, I thought that's who that was. It, it was just it was spot on perfect. I loved the first Deadpool movie, and I I if there was anything that I couldn't agree with more, it was. Deadpool coming soon or not not soon, soon enough I mean, not soon enough and yeah, I was exactly. just like yes exactly get here I want to see this movie so that brings me to the second movie that I want to trailer that I want to discuss real quick Gal Gadot tweeted a new trailer for Wonder Woman in which Wonder Woman is kicking ass now I'm seeing this film and I put this on Twitter I am both extremely excited and terrified about this film because I'm really concerned Warner Brothers is going to fuck it up. Everything looks amazing for it, but I'm afraid it's going to be one of those things where the best scenes are all in the trailer, and then we get another disappointing film like Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice or Suicide Squad. Craig, do you think it's possible that it could be all in the trailer, or do you think it's going to be a good film? You, I think you know how well I do. Uh, when it comes to predicting these types of things. You know that, right? I tend mm, to be 90%. Okay, but go ahead. <laughs> I tend to be 90% on predicting from the trailer what the movie is going to be like, and I am telling people this is going to be an absolute must-see. I predicted Batman vs. Superman is going to be terrible and Suicide Squad. This and one you is were not. wrong this... about Logan. So that's that's uh, the ten percent, and that's the ten percent. I never predicted. I never. Predicted Two weeks Logan ago, you predicted to, it was going to be bad. I did not predict it was going to be bad. I was worried it was going to be bad. Mm -hmm. Much different, and okay. of course, it turned out to there, be there's right. Some, there, there's some conviction in Craig's voice. He thinks Wonder Woman's going to be good. Okay, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be terrific. I love the humor. I love the interaction. I'm glad they got Chris Pine. That gives me great hope. We all know we all love Chris Pine, 
and she is just she's just wonderful. And so far, no, I think we've seen a uh, I think it's an iceberg. I think we've seen a tiny bit of what this movie is going to be. And I think they've learned a few lessons and I, I'm really looking forward to this one. So, okay. yes, Dwayne, definite conviction. Dwayne, what are your thoughts based on the trailer? The trailer looks looks really good. I am cautiously optimistic. I don't I don't think everyone's entirely learned their lesson about not completely uh, undoing a movie by putting too much in a trailer. But it, the trailer looks really good. And for a movie that I wasn't necessarily thinking I needed to go out and see right away, I'm now starting to lean a little bit more towards that I need to see this sooner rather than later. This it, it looks good, although I have to tell you, seeing Chris Pine in there, I just immediately thought of Captain Kirk, and and so that was a little weird for me to see Captain Kirk in a Wonder Man, Wonder Woman film. But you know, that's me. What also fe- is, seems weird is seeing Thor without long locks on his head. Oh God! Uh, the Entertainment Weekly had a cover, a new Thor cover in which he has short hair and is carrying swords instead of Mjolnir. Um, I cannot wait for that film. We will. I, I want to see more trailers, though. I, uh, Entertainment Weekly covers are not enough. Uh, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. Find Craig on Twitter at twitter.com slash zmoviemaniac. And you can find Dwayne and his Hearthstone, st- Hearthstone stream, Twitch stream, at twitter.com slash mageofdeath and twitch.com slash mageofdeath. As always, you can find me at Luke underscore Kerr. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. See you guys. See ya.